Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hello and welcome back to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. I'm Janine Bolin and with me today I have Janet Hogan. And in case you haven't heard about this wonderful Australian woman, she is one of the most high profile advertising creatives and was a co-founder of the Sydney ad agency Oddfellows. Now in case you didn't note it, Janet has 20 years of experience in creating landmark campaigns for some of the country's biggest brands. And she had this amazing experience of super success. It culminated in a sea change at Whit Sundays, where with a mansion by the sea, three beautiful daughters, and a solid marriage, Janet thought she had it all until a simulated near-death experience revealed to her a deep hidden truth. And I think we can all kind of have that moment where you hear that inner voice, and it was saying, Janet, you've let everyone down. It was literally in that moment she realized that by being selfless and devoting her life to her work and her family, she was in actual fact being selfish and denying the world her greatest gift, which was to help others discover theirs. Ten years later, she was brought together her two loves, branding and psychology. She created Pain to Passion, which is basically a program that's described as a change process on steroids, and the foundation program to the Fifth Doorway pathway to prosperity. Today, she is dedicated to her calling, which is to cultivate inspired leadership by helping coaches, speakers, and changemakers find their mission and their message so that they can tame that core destructive belief. And we all have it. I mean, it's the hero's journey. We all have that Achilles heel. But she also wants to help you catapult your career, and she wants you to go out and make your personal dent in the world. Janet, thank you so much for joining us on the Thriving Solopreneur Show. Well, it's such a joy to be here, Janine. Thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful. And one of the things that really inspired me was when I was reading your LinkedIn profile page, you had this statement and it said that your vision was to see 20% of the world's population who love their jobs become the 80% who currently don't. So talk to us a little bit about that vision that you have for yourself. Well, I, the vision comes from my own personal pain, which was spending most of my life, in, when I look back on it, uh, in a space of boredom and numbness. <laughs> so I, like I feel a lot of us can be, I was a living zombie, going through the paces of my life, doing what I thought I should be doing, and doing it because I could, not because it came from some inner yearning. And it's only now that I've crossed the threshold, if you like, to the other side, that I realize my life now is so, so, so different. But what I think the problem is when we're in this, you know, drowning in this soup of mediocrity, and when it's all that we know, then we think that's how life is supposed to be. We think it's okay to not particularly enjoy what we're doing or to be looking at the clock. 
you know, counting down the hours or living for the weekend and then getting to the weekend and, you know, drinking too much, which is what I was doing just to get through the weekend and, you know, dreading Monday, the arrival of Monday. So, so it's only now that I've crossed the threshold to the other side where I'm loving what I'm doing that I realize what a trap this is that we find ourselves in. So my vision really is about helping people cross that threshold because I know how scary that is. But the funny thing is when you can, the scariest part is in the crossing, when you can get to the other side, that's when you enter the, the slipstream of life. And that's when you can start to really, you know, want to get out of bed in the morning and enjoy what you do and feel that you're making a contribution. This isn't for everyone, but my vision is to see the majority of people living in that space. It's where life really kind of becomes the adventure again, isn't it? I mean, it's one of those things that we kind of lose as a kid. As a kid, we imagine ourselves traveling to the moon or being, you know, being able to be in outer space. And we just, we watch action adventure movies and we want to be a part of that. And we don't realize how important just our day-to-day life is an adventure. We don't see it that way. And you were talking about, we drown in mediocrity and it's because we're not doing what really brings us the most joy. So share with us a little bit about this uh, fifth door program and how you can help people walk through that threshold of being able to go from mediocrity to where they're walking zombies to where they have that zest for life again. Yeah, that's, that's right. Getting back that childhood wonder, where did that go? So I use a model called the five doors, which I find helpful because, you know, as, as they say, when, you, when you're the goldfish in the bowl of muddy water, you can't see the muddy water. So sometimes it's helpful to have a, a model that we can use to establish where we're at, where we're at now and uh, where we can potentially go. So if you just imagine, Janine, that there are five doors and anyone listening to this might, as they listen to this, might go, oh, which door am I behind right now? So imagine door one is the door none of us want to confront, but it's a reality for all of us. And I call that living hell. So that's whatever that means for you, worst case scenario. Um, We all have our own version of that. And I think um, none of us have escaped door one. Uh, The problem is when we try and run away from it. So door one, living hell. Door two is the treadmill. So that's a life of absolute compliance where you take no risk, you just play by society's rules. You know, typically, I suppose it's a nine to five job. Doorway three is where something within you goes, I want to break away from this. This is the roller coaster. So you do, you go charging off going, I want a bigger life. But instead of being like a a highway to success, instead, it feels more like a roller coaster where there tend to be more downs than ups. And then door four is an interesting door. And I was really lucky to get to this place, which I call pipe dream. And that speaks to the opium dens of the past where people would chase a version of paradise that was all delusional. And this is where you get everything that you think you wanted and then you go oh okay I've got this like I did you know the mansion by the sea the family the husband millions in the bank and I go why do I feel so empty what is that all about so they're the first four doors and it's not sequential so you can do what I did and get to door four and then get spat all the way back to doorway one you know where I lost everything I had post-traumatic stress disorder for about six months that was my living hell um, so it's a, like a like life can become like a set of revolving doors. Now, for some people, not for everyone, there is an option, and that's the fifth door. 
And so that's where you cross the threshold from that uh, game of revolving doors to taking back control of your life by first understanding who you are, what it is that you're most passionate about. And passion is a word that would trigger me back in the day because I had no passion, it was totally suppressed. So if you're feeling like that right now, understand that you do have something that you care about. It's just that it's been deeply buried. And so bringing that to the surface, understanding what it is that you're passionate about, what you also uh, love doing, that you're good at doing, you know, what you're hardwired to do. And then bringing these two things together for, to, to solve a problem for others. And so we get out of the space of uh, self-involvement and self-obsession, if you like, which is where we are. Even if we feel like we're sacrificing our life, it's, a, it's still a life of self-obsession. It's still all about me, even though it might not feel like that, to a life where it becomes about the other. You know, how do I contribute to the life of others? And we're not talking about martyrdom or becoming Mother Teresa. It's simply about serving yourself by doing what you love, what gives you joy, and then sharing that with others, putting that out to the world. That's really the essence of the fifth door. And when you cross that threshold, it's impossible to go back. Uh, why would you? So that's the invitation that is out there waiting for anyone who's curious to see who they have the potential to become. And I think one of the things that you and I had talked about this before, and that is when you watch the matrix or movies like that, there is that point of no return. And Joseph Campbell talks about it in the hero of a thousand faces and in his mystical works that there is a point where you just can't walk back through the door. And I think that is that scary part for people because they're like, okay, it's already bad enough. I'm a business owner and my family doesn't understand why I'm running my own business. And it's lonely here. You know, I'm a CEO of corporation of one as a thriving solopreneur. Uh, yeah, I have teams and people, but still when I get up in the morning, it's me, myself and I, as I sit in front of this uh, computer building, whatever it is I'm building, and so when you offer somebody the opportunity to go through that fifth door, it really is a divine selfishness where it is, if you are selfish enough to truly understand what it is that you are meant to do on this planet and solve someone else's problem, then the, you can't go back in the sense of you can't give that gift of knowing back because now you see that the community needs you. So talk to us a little bit about your own personal journey of what was your point where you couldn't go back? Okay, because I love chatting with business owners on that one because everybody remembers, boom, exactly the moment of there's no way I can get the jack-in-the-box back in the box because it's, <laughs> it's out and I'm going to have to do this because you have that feeling, right, of I'm going to die if I don't do this. That's how I felt anyway. It was like, no, yeah. I've got to do this. I'll die if I don't. I felt like there yeah. would be a part of me that would just die and so talk to us a little bit about your experience yeah I, I share that I love that expression divine selfishness by the way Janine I think that's a really great way of putting it it's like permission from above to put yourself first <laughs> um, and it's a very hard concept to negotiate to get your head around when you've done the opposite so and that's where I was at so um, I uh, a year after I had that fourth door moment of how come I feel so empty that was the first wake up call. Um, uh, there's a, you know, un under the law of wake up calls, if you continue to ignore them, they get successively bigger. 
So the next wake up call was the following year, 2008, the Great Recession. And that's where we basically lost nearly everything that we'd worked so hard for. And so at that point, I had two choices. You know, I think when you have a major crash like that, death is inevitable. It's which kind of death do you choose? Do you choose physical death where you just check out for good? And that's where I was at. I was like, you know what? The world would be a better place without me at this point because there was so much shame, personal shame around losing that money. I, I took full responsibility for it. Um, or metaphysical death where you have to surrender something, you know, some belief. So the belief I had to let go of, which I think is such a universal trap for people in you know, the Western world, is the harder I work, the more money I make, the more money I make, the happier I'll become. There was definitely not happiness on the other side of that mountain of cash. So I had to let go of that. And that then opened up the next question. Okay, what the hell am I here for? Where do I find happiness or my brand of fulfillment? And that's when I went on this wild rampage of going to seminars and becoming a seminar junkie. And uh, many of them offered little nuggets of insight, but no one seemed to take charge of the journey. However, there was one uh, workshop that I went to, uh, basically a, a Face Your Fears boot camp, uh, where we did go through a simulated death experience. So, so there I am with this guy approaching me about to squeeze my carotid artery uh, while I pass out. And because it was in the context of a workshop, I wasn't terrified as you would be in real life. I was actually curious. And I thought, oh, you know, am I going to see the light at the end of the tunnel? My life flashed before me. And instead, as I was, as the room started to black out, I got this voice saying to me, oh, Janet, you've let everyone down. And as I came to, I went, what the hell was that? You know, my immediate response to that was outrage and self-righteousness. You know, after living a life of self-sacrifice, you know, how dare that be the final summation of my life? You know, what a wet sock of a line my life is, if that's it. And, uh, but of course, our inner knowing knows the truth. Um, even in my relatively, you know, unself-aware state, I knew that, there was something that I wasn't doing that I was supposed to do. And I had no idea what that was at that time, but that was enough to get me out of my sleepwalking, if you like, and wake me up. That was my wake the F up moment really. And that then being the question, okay, what am I here for? Cause clearly I've there, there is some kind of higher calling. How do I answer that? And that was, that was really the next question I had to ask myself. And that becomes part of the journey. And one of the things that I love about business owners is I don't care what kind of business owner you are, whether you're a solopreneur or you have 500 people working for you, you can't have a business without some sort of self-development, self-awareness happening. And like you said, at some point, it will get so intense that you, <laughs> you'll lose it all so that you get that, get that lesson. And I totally agree with you. The one that I remember with the where you have to give up a metaphysical belief, a core belief that is inaccurate. And that one was the harder I work, the more money I will make. Because when I worked with people on how to get themselves out of debt, so I was working with debt-free living, that sort of thing. One of the things people would say is, I don't want a million dollars. And I went, why not? Why don't you want a million dollars in assets? And they all had the same answer. I don't want to work that hard. And so over and over, I was hearing that. And so what are some core beliefs that you've seen that are pretty stereotypical and um, we'll say the Western world, you know, um, stereotypical in the Western world for entrepreneurs that you hear over and over again that you'd like to address? 
I think that the most apparent core beliefs uh, come from what I call the overcompensating self. So this is, if you like, the mask that we put on that we feel we need to wear to fit into society and be what society expects of, of us. And it's essentially a suffocating mask. There are no nose holes. <laughs> um, and uh, accompanying that is a feeling of, you know, hyperachievement. Um, I will prove to the world that I can do it. Um, or it's I, I must sacrifice my way to success. You know, it's the martyr mask. Um, or it's I will fit in, you know, it's the mask of the chameleon. I will fit in and be whoever I need to be. Um, or I've, I've actually identified 16 different types of masks, if you like, Janine. And, um, uh, and I think in the entrepreneurial space, we can all relate to those. That's one false story. Um, and we have to rip that mask off, of course. Um, otherwise, it's, it's going to end up uh, killing us in one way or another. Um, but the, real, the really negative narrative, actually, uh, comes, it's, it lies deep in our unconscious self. And most of us never access it. And I call it, call it the core destructive belief. And that one's very, very dark. What's interesting is the darker the belief, it seems to be the brighter our potential. So if we can have the courage to go and exhume this core destructive belief, you know, from the very, very bottom of our existence and bring it to the light, it's actually what meets us when we do that is a feeling of huge relief. It's like, oh my God, I finally, I'm looking at you and you are just a phantom. You're not even real. But, you know, we're talking about things like, you know, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Um, or uh, it can be something that's relatively innocent sounding. Like I was working with someone the other day and his core destructive belief was I'm a bad kid. But because it was attached to so much shame, that for him was a very dark belief. And his issue was around money. And because his belief was, I'm a bad kid, in other words, he was still, you know, that five-year-old, as a 38-year-old man, he couldn't make money because kids don't make money, right? So, so when he finally understood what was keeping him in this poverty cycle, you know, he just had this meltdown. He went, oh, my God, you know, this narrative has been running me all my life. No, no wonder I feel so frustrated. So, so that's really the key, if you like. That's the Rosetta Stone that we have to get to. We have to exhume this core destructive belief, as innocent as it might sound. Mine sounds very innocent. I'm naughty, right? But when it's attached to shame, it can be a ticking time bomb that keeps us in a crazy loop of self-sabotage and frustration and all the things that go with that. That's one of the things that a lot of people will go to self-hypnosis cycles or they'll go to psychologists to help them dig into that. And Janet, you're somebody that they can know, like, and trust pretty quickly about that can also work with that core destructive belief system. And let me tell you something, when you release that, you know, the world needs to stand back because now all that energy <laughs> I can tell from tell you from personal experience that all that energy that you spend running from it or hiding it or wearing masks or there's all kinds of metaphors that people use trying to describe what happens in the mind that all that energy that you spent uh, putting up the barriers to that darkness when you embrace it and say, oh, I see you now. It is amazing how all of a sudden you're able to run with only five hours of sleep and you're highly creative and you just have this outpouring of creativity. So when that happened for you, Janet, one of the things that occurs during that process 
is that you don't, uh, people say that you're not grounded, right? You need to, you're too idealistic and you need to ground and you need to, you know, this and that, and all these things that you need to do. And you realize that their certain perspective is still a limiting belief. So how do you help folks that are awake? I like to use that term, you know, people that are awake and they're not zombies anymore. How do you help ground people? at that point because they're highly creative and they're bouncing off with their pure positive potential and they're just this bright star and they know it and they feel like they could hold uh, the tidal wave back like I could stand on the bank of a shore and hold it because they feel invincible after they've reached that point so how do you help them kind of get grounded back into the matrix if you will so that they can be a productive uh, avenue of help and support to their communities yeah that's a great question Janine and I think so um, if you think of it like a I I call it a three-step journey so um, most people are wallowing in pain or suffering and the the first part of the journey is going from pain transmuting the energy of pain into passion so that's really what you're talking about so suddenly all this energy is released. You're this bright star. Now, the issue with the energy of passion is it's unformed. It's like a cloud. So you can put it out there, and then, but it doesn't actually create an effect. So the second part of the journey is to take the energy of that passion and channel it into what it is that is your sharpest edge, you know, your gift, if you like, even if you don't know what that is at the moment. Like I had no idea what my gift was. I thought I was good at maths, of all things. You know, it's astounding how poorly we can know ourselves so you do have a gift everyone does and it's taking that um, that cloud of passion if you like funneling it like a fire hose into your power Um, so that's the second step and so you're directing it towards something that you are innately good at that really fills you up you know that that is uh, something that gives you energy doesn't take energy away that really engages you, you know, so you can, like you were saying, get by on five hours sleep. Now, the only thing is if you stay in that space, it's still a lonely space because it's still all about you. So the final step is probably the most important, but you can't get there until you've done the first two steps. And the final step is really then, like an alchemist, taking the energy of power to the energy of purpose. So at this point, this is where you're getting out of your own way and going with something bigger than me. I'm committing my life to this, something that you feel passionate about, you know, a, an issue that, that drives you bananas. Like for me, it's self-betrayal, our capacity to betray ourselves and live lives of, you know, quiet despair. Why is that, why is that my cause? Because I've experienced it firsthand. So it's not a fashionable cause. It's the cause that I feel most passionate about. So, so that, therefore, becomes the, the purpose piece, what gives your life meaning. And the moment you apply yourself to something that's bigger than you, whatever your cause is, you know, it might be ageism, it might be, the, it might be uh, climate change, you know, there, it might be fast fashion, whatever it is that really uh, troubles you, that really uh, is the original source of your pain. When you direct your energy to solving that problem for others, that's when the universe comes to your aid and says, okay, you you need resources at this point. This is where we're going to help you. So rather than burning out, this is where you really enter the slipstream of life and things become uh, effortless. So that 
what's interesting is I feel a lot of people I speak to, and I, and I think this was my fear too, the fear of our potential, um, you know, that Marion Williamson speaks of. Um, at that point, when you're entering that slipstream, uh, your potential isn't a burden. It's actually what, uh, what at that point, you're released from that, that draining energy that we are in when we're running the businesses on, you know, on our own as our lone wolf. So entering your greatness at that point, become, life becomes easier, not more hard. And that was something that's been a real surprise to me, that my life has actually become easier now that I've stepped up. So they're the, they're the three steps, and that's how to get grounded. Remember, remembering that uh, we have to bring the, together the, the two parts of life, the ethereal and the material. As much as it might be fun to play in the ethereal, we are here for a purpose, and we're not going to be released from this life until we've done our job. So we have to have our feet on the ground. And that's one of the things that I see trip up these beautiful creatives, because almost every business owner I've ever met has a highly creative side, which is why they are problem solvers in the way that they are. Um, But they have this highly creative side, they have this ability to synergize in ways that uh, puts other people in awe. And yet at the same time, if they're not taking care of themselves, they will not have that solid foundation that they need. So talk to us a little bit about um, how does someone get a hold of you or what are some resources that you have so people can kind of dig around and take a look at what you offer with the fifth door program? All right. Well, the, the advertising person in me says, if you're feeling at all like uh, uh, you're playing too small and there's this niggly uh, feeling inside, like a flicker of a flame that really feels like it needs to be oxygenated and turned into, you know, uh, real combustion. Um don't bury that feeling. Don't uh, pay attention to it because it's only going to get louder and louder and stronger and stronger. So the best way to start addressing it is uh, if you go to my web- website, janethogan.com, um, there's on the very front page, you'll find a quiz. And that quiz is called the Magic Triangle. And in a matter of minutes, what that will um, do for you is give you clarity on what it is that is the most important thing in your life. So we're not talking about material possessions. We're not talking about, oh, I just want a million dollars in the bank or whatever it is, or, or, or more impact, more influence uh, from that kind of realm. What we're talking about is what is it that your soul yearns for right now? Because this is going to take you to the source of your power. And uh, I guarantee that whatever it is that's year, that you yearn for is something that's within there, but it's been suppressed. So it's what you, you feel that you need more of. Um, and when you can isolate that, that actually gives you a pathway for your life going forward. So you can access that. Uh, it's, a, it's a free tool, a resource you can use just to get you the clarity. It'll give you what your North Star is and also give you the path to achieving it. And that for me is the starting off point. At least know that so that you know if you're on the right path or not. And that's one of the things that I've loved about 2020 is the fact that we've all been forced to go on online. And so people like you and I are meeting in ways that we would, it would never have happened before. And so first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for reaching out to me and I reaching out to you and having our conversations that we've had offline to kind of bring this content to listeners. And one of the things is when you're a business owner and you're having a dark night of the soul, it's 3 a.m., 
you don't know how you're going to pay the mortgage or you don't know where the rent payment's going to come from, realize that you do have resources that are there helping you, but you can't see them or feel them or experience them because you're so freaked out. So do you have a, a quick little tool or something that helps calm that anxiety? Because that's really what's got a lot of people churning and burning is because we have a fear of the unknown. I mean, this kept us alive, you know, primitive man <laughs> kept humankind alive for a long time. But that fear of the unknown can work itself against us. And so I always, I always ask business owners, how do you deal with your dark night of the soul? You know, because you've been through it. And now you're on the other side. And what kind of tips can you offer? Yeah, so it's really hard when you're in that space and you feel like your world's collapsing. And, you know, most recently I've run six businesses, most recently a wedding business in Indonesia and Australia. And uh, we had our own version of that, uh, of, of COVID, if you like, with volcanoes. A vol volcano would keep erupting and keeping people unable to travel to Indonesia. So we had to keep postponing weddings and it really affected our cash flow. And I would lie there going, um, oh, my God, it was not... Uh, what I would say in that space, if you feel that you're trapped in your business and you just want someone to reach out and haul you out, don't just jump off a cliff, um, stay in that space, maintain that space, but there's a very real possibility that maybe you're in the wrong place and maybe you are doing the wrong thing with your life. So, so how I managed that space was I held two lives at once. So I, I, I sat with my business, I persevered, but I went, I, there is a bigger life for me. And that's what I started really looking into. So I get up at four in the morning, I do my journaling, I write my memoir, I do whatever I needed to do to maintain my sanity. And so that's, that's what helped me. And so possibly if you're listening to that, this, that can help you as well. And just going back to that, that feeling of I'm letting myself down, I'm wasting my life, am I going to get to the end of it and go, oh my God, I totally missed the point. Um, if you if you don't want that to be you know your the final chapter of your life you really owe it to yourself to find out what it is you are born to do so if you do that magic triangle quiz and one thing I will say if you want to reach out to me I'm happy to go through it with you just a 30 minute call I can take you on a reading of that so you actually understand the full impact because as simple as it seems it's actually quite a profound exercise in revealing to you what you're here for, what your why is. And I can help explain that for you. And who wouldn't want a guide like that, right? I mean, I really, I'm one of those people that's like, when I, I'm so lucky as a podcaster and an author and business person that I get to have all these amazing people on. And one of the commonalities is we've all had those dark nights of the soul where it was like, am I going to give up on this business or not? And I have heard it over and over. And what's amazing is some people decided that the business they were in needed to totally take a 180 degree turn because they had gotten away from their love. They had gotten away from what their passion was. And then other people were like, no, I'm just going to persevere. But the answer is, and that's what I want to share with you right now, is the answer is there. Relax, take a breath, realize you're not alone, although you think you are when you're in that space. You think it's just yourself, but realize that there are answers coming and trust in that process. So before we sign off, Jenna, is there anything else you care to share? Yeah, I'd just love to say that, you know, 
if you're feeling in that space of aloneness that Janine just spoke of, oh, I know that space so well, the dark cave, understand that I think what keeps us in this space is unresolved shame and, and guilt, uh, you know, a feeling of uh, I can't even open this up or be vulnerable to others. So I would just leave you with one thought that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. You are perfectly fine the way you are. It's just that there are stories that are running through your mind right now that are keeping you trapped in a spaghetti bowl of crazy thoughts. And you owe it to yourself to get clarity around that, to clear your mind and really start working from the heart, not, not the head. Uh, this is the key to your ultimate power, strength, future joy, fulfillment, all the goodies that lie in wait for you as, as they are out there. Um, absolutely yours and you deserve them. And that is Janet Hogan with the Fifth Door Program. And I highly recommend that you take a peek at her website and definitely take the freebies that she offers. It's uh, going to be worth your time. And this is Janine Bolin with the Thriving Solopreneur Show. We broadcast every Friday and starting October 3rd, we will be migrating these shows to the Janine Bolin Show through KHNC 1360 AM. So there will be links that we will put down so that you can find the new podcast link that we will be using for all of this. So thank you again for listening to us and we wish you a wonderful day. And remember, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you are making a difference just by you running a business. I know it doesn't seem like it, but you are. And I just want to say thank you for making the world a better place, one client at a time. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at janinebolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, the8gates.com, for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.